as I've been saying from the very beginning of this crisis, it will be the economy that will have the biggest impact here. And now we're getting similar messages, even from the IMF that just came out with a statement saying that the world will, quote, very likely experience the worst recession since the 1930s. But right now, the States is about supposedly opening the economy as Donald Trump announced that soon he will declare the economy back open again, while, of course, other people like Dr. Fucci says we're not ready, including also other individuals like the president of the Federal Reserve in Minneapolis, who is saying, as of just two days ago, that America should be ready for 18 months of shutdown. And... When you look at the economy, especially in the United States, I think it's uh, a little bit too late and the damage has already been done. The hooch has already been screwed over as, of course, we have terrible decisions that have been made by the Federal Reserve, the Treasury Secretary, and Donald Trump that has essentially ended the free market and rewarded the bad actors from 2018 that made this situation that much worse. So, in my opinion, Tim, a little bit too late. Is there any way of putting the genie back in the bottle? Is there any go any way going back to this from your expertise, Tim? No, is that, I mean, there's maybe a way going back to this for the big banks and big pharma and for the vaccine manufacturers and for the military-industrial complex. I think those and Walmart that's investing in China right now. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a way for those guys, you know, to be back on, you know, their game and, and being back up, you know, making more more profits than ever. But when it comes to the average person out there, I think, you know, uh, Humpty Dumpty's broken. You're not putting them back together again. But the main crux of all this, and I hate to keep droning on about this, and I love when people say, oh, how come we don't talk about the Federal Reserve? I mean, I, I talk about the Federal Reserve almost every single time. But anyways, the main problem is that we have to borrow our money into ex existence. And until you actually uh, fix that problem, and by fixing it, I mean getting rid of the Federal Reserve, getting rid of debt-based money, all all of this can there's no amount of other political football issues or do a little bit over here or a little bit over there to try to fix things because there's no way you can fix something that was built on a broken foundation and so and then with trump coming in and you know basically adding to the swamp with adding all of his goldman sachs you know cronies that are in there you know i'm very uh very disappointed because i did have some hope in him and i did think that you know when he was talking about making tweets about the fed saying it's very important that we audit the fed and you know uh you know sending out dog whistles to our entire community and then backing away from that you know I, I felt that that was a uh you know a pretty big betrayal but getting into this article over here morgan stanley the bad actors of the last cycle are getting bailed out there is a certain paradox behind the coronavirus on the one hand it is a human social and economic tragedy of unprecedented proportions with tens of thousands of people dead around the globe millions affected tens of millions unemployed small and medium businesses decimated countless companies on the verge of bankruptcy and the global economy in a hopefully brief depression Morgan Stanley's chief U.S. equity strategist explaining and admitting what so many can only whisper behind closed doors for fears of being branded as conspiracy theorists or being suspended from social media networks. But the bottom line uh, for us, and this is, again, Morgan Stanley's uh, chief equity strategist talking, is the latest move is very much in line with our prior view that investors should not have any doubts about the Fed's resolve to do whatever it takes to make sure this recession doesn't turn into a depression. In fact, they, are, they now appear to be trying to limit the healthy damage we typically get from a garden variety recessions. As noted in our prior research, we think that the nature of this recession, the unprecedented suddenness and trajectory of the contraction, 
centered on a health crisis has provided absolute cover for policymakers to go well beyond traditional support. As such, the bad actors of the last cycle are getting bailed out, which could ultimately limit the malaise we typically get in a recession. In short, the worst stocks will have the biggest recoveries. And so, I mean, there we see it again. You know, the people who caused this, you know, are always getting bailed out. Over here, we have on screen, uh, you know, a picture of Jim Cramer where, uh, it, where it shows, you know, stocks having the best week since 1938. And then meanwhile, there's a chart that shows uh, the S&P 500 rocketing higher while the uh, U.S. jobless claim is just a hockey stick downwards. What was that, Luke? You want to jump in there? Well, well, there's a big question in our kind of circle, and, and that usually is Q bono. Who benefits? If you look at this entire crisis, I mean, uh, the, there's people benefiting off of this tremendously in ways that we don't even know about. I mean, a lot of people in the media and in the public are talking about this 2.2 trillion stimulus package where 250 billion of that actually goes directly to you in this bureaucratic way that's going to take months <laughs> months for it to finally get there. But there's also, uh, you know, chats and, and murmur of potentially $6 trillion being siphoned off in secret maneuvers by the Federal Reserve directly going to, of course, the people that you're mentioning now, to the hedge fund, to the people that brought us into this situation with reckless behavior that made us so unsafe not to be able to weather this storm. This is a major storm, and I think many people should be asking Q Bono, especially with the first article that I mentioned with this Federal Reserve Bank president of Minneapolis saying 18 months shutdown. I mean, I mean, when we're getting the reports now of, of again, the projections being wrong, the hospitals not being inundated, luckily, uh, you have to kind of ask yourself what's really happening here behind the scenes and Q Bono, who benefits? That's a big one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that. I mean, you always have to look behind the money and see who's the one who's getting bailed out. Who are they working hard for? And this is a perfect, uh, you know, intro into Neil Kashukari. So in 2000, uh, I believe, I guess technically it's 2009, he was getting grilled on Capitol Hill, and this is before he was a Federal Reserve governor. Not sure what his capacity was at the time, but he was getting grilled. And one of the senators, and again, I don't have a lot of respect for any of these senators, or no respect, pretty much for any of them, maybe besides uh, Rand Paul. But with that said, he ends up he. Senator grills him, and, and of course now you can't find any of this stuff on YouTube. So if you guys want to link this down below, it'd, be, it'd help me out. But what it what it said, uh, it goes, listen, we have no doubt that you are working hard. Our only question is, who are you working hard for? And that was basically a direct shot from the senator, implying that he was working hard for the banks. Well, now you know that's just a resume builder to then now put him on the board of uh, governors of the Federal Reserve System. Lots of chatter that he will actually be the next Federal Reserve Chair. Uh, but yeah, I mean, getting into the article, America should be, America should be ready for 18 months of shutdowns in a long, hard road ahead. Warns Fed's uh, Neil Kashukari, and we have these waves of flare-ups, controls, flare-ups, and controls until we actually get a therapy or vaccine. He said we need to find ways of getting the people who are healthy, who are at lower risk, back to work, and then providing. The assistance to those who are at most risk, who are going to need to be quarantined or isolated in the foreseeable future. So, uh, Cubono, who's going to benefit? Okay, you know, the vaccine manufacturers. This could be a long, hard road that we have ahead of us until we either get an effective therapy or a vaccine, he said. It's hard to, for me to see a V-shaped recovery under that scenario. And, uh, you know, I guess speaking of long and hard, you also have adult toy companies that have a 38% uh, skyrocketing since all this broke down. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually plan hey, for that to hey. go into... 
Okay. Hey, if you're if you're getting screwed by the government, you might as well screw yourself at the same time, right? So, well, oh no! Well, now I mean, uh, one of the other things that's going on is one of the, I think it was Durex or one of their manufacturing facilities or, or a lot of their manufacturing facilities in, in Malaysia are shut down. So there actually is now a, uh, a condom shortage going on worldwide, and uh, so yeah, so. People get screwed in more ways than one. But anyways, people that are uh, actually no, we're gonna go first. Go to Jim Cramer, or sorry, go to Market Watch. Forty-three percent of small businesses say they'll be forced to close permanently if they don't get help soon. Uh, so unfortunately, a lot of this help is coming too little, too late. And uh, though forty-three percent of the five hundred polled businessmen say they can't survive without some sort of government assistance. Uh, and or change in economic conditions. 46% say the economy needs between six months and a year to find its way. Uh, then you have the index, blah, 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 blah. And uh, basically, you know, a lot of these companies are going to have to start going bankrupt if they don't get money soon. But, you know, don't tell that to Jim Cramer, though, because Jim yeah. Cramer is feeling confident about the future. Now, in this article, I'm, sorry, look. I was literally, I was literally going to jump into that. I'm like, no, Tim, you're totally wrong. We have Jim Cramer giving us confidence in this economy. Everything's going to be fine. Listen to the mainstream media, Tim. Don't worry. Yeah, and we don't do like a gigantic amount of show prep. I mean, basically, it's like, hey, here's the articles I want to talk about. So, I mean, none of this is really, you know, planned. So, uh, as you see in this article, the worst case scenario has been taken off the table. And if Apple and Google can do contact tracing that we all embrace. While we continue to roll out more testing, the economy could reopen a lot sooner than we thought. Three weeks ago, uh, the Mad Money host said, now I'm going to get back to that phrase in a little bit, contact uh, tracing, because I read that. I'm like, well, what the hell is contact tracing? And I sort of just glossed over it, skipped over it, went back to the rest of the article and uh, before I ended up realizing what it meant. And so as we go back here, it says, I figured a retest was virtually, let's just say, inevitable. He's talking about retesting the lows of the stock market. But now I'm feeling more confident about the future, he concluded after the market closed. On top of the historic multi-trillion dollar federal spending package that is now underway to help mitigate the economic damage of the coronavirus pandemic. He applauded the Federal Reserve's move to go nuclear and the latest of a string of responses from the central bank with a $2.3 trillion bond buying program for trouble companies and local governments. This measure could potentially help the slumping oil industry. And I do want to point out the oil industry because it's not necessarily about the oil stocks. It's about the oil bonds. A lot of this is about the bonds because the bonds. So what a bond is, if you lend money to a company, uh, you're going to buy some of their bonds. Those bonds is a basically you're you know, it's you are now a, the highest claim holder of that company. So the, the problem is a lot of these bonds are going to become worthless as these companies were not going to be making any money. A huge amount of the junk bonds uh, are the oil companies. And so now the Federal Reserve is going in and buying the junk bonds, aka they're going to be the highest claim holder of the oil companies if they go bankrupt, aka they're going to own the oil companies if they end up going bankrupt. And so this is a path for the Fed to own everything. Our, our good friend John Snyson three years ago, wrote a post about the Japanification of America and how eventually the Fed will own everything. But getting back to this very important phrase from the article here, uh, this that means more money going back into stocks, especially ones with good dividend records, Kramer said. Actually, that wasn't the uh, one I wanted to talk about. But I think, but like, let's get back to contact tracing. Kramer also applauded Apple and Google, uh, blah, blah, blah. The companies announced Friday they would Roll out iPhone and Android apps that will help track the spread of coronavirus and alert users who came into contact with others who have tested positive for COVID-19. These tools are expected to be available in May. I think this partnership is huge. 
is probably the only way we get contact tracing in America, Kramer said, adding that contact tracing is essentially stopping this thing. And so actually, and here we go right up in breaking news that flash while we're reading this coronavirus live updates, vaccine race picks up, banks offer bills relief for millions of Americans. And so essentially what they are saying here, Luke, is that the answer to all this is to have, you know, the big tech companies basically being able to give the government to the data to then say, okay, uh, and even there was another thing that flashed on screen while I was reading this that showed uh, Apple Maps is now going to use their program to say, hey, you've been within, you're not social distancing. And so now the big techs are going to act as this, uh, you know, technocracy, big brother, uh, tattletale system of saying you're just, not. Just now or, or, or always, because that's what they've always been doing. <laughs> that's Good point. They, yeah, I mean, they, they were started, a lot of these big tech companies were started with seed funding or with direct intervention from government. We also have to understand. Well, Incutel in also... is the yeah. actual private equity firm of the CIA, and they yeah, were yeah, the ones yeah. who started Google. That's yeah, not even well, a conspiracy. They, they had a lot of seed funding and investments in a lot of startups. Uh, a lot of them took off and a lot of them, of course, have close relationships with the authorities when it comes to sharing every little thing about you to them, uh, as well as not just the government, but also to the highest bidder. But the system that you're talking about is this kind of, uh, you know, digital kind of certificate. It's already in play in China. And in China, you have to download. It's mandatory there. It's going to be interesting to see how it's going to play out here in the United States. But I did a video about this just a few days ago, specifically talking about the Chinese kind of Orwellian dystopian approach and what to look out for here in the United States on the main We Are Change channel. Uh, I could look up that video right now really quickly just to give you the title of it. But essentially, we have to understand here uh, there's a lot of things happening. The situation is very fast developing. It's it's very interesting to see the federal response and also the state response. When you look at states' responses, like of course uh, Michigan, when you compare it to other states that are not listening to the stay-at-home orders, again, there's there's three states that are just totally not listening to any of the recommendations by the federal government, which is uh, essentially been having a handoff approach. The state governments have been implementing different things in the, their own kind of unique ways. The jurisdictions, uh, some of them have been totally overblown, have been totally uh, power hungry and crazy, uh, while some of them have been more kind of uh, understanding and realistic with their approach. So uh, I, the, web, the video that I specifically did uh, was called the bio lab in China got, us, got U.S. funding, what you should know. And in that video, uh, a couple of days ago, I was directly going into the bigger kind of digital uh, health certificates already in play in China. There's another video, Papers, Please, The Bigger Threat Might Be Government Now, also on the main channel. You should definitely check that, that one out three days ago, going into, of course, a lot of the bigger kind of dystopian measures. Uh, so, so that's all I have on this particular topic. Again, the economy is something to look out for. Me and Tim weren't planning to talk about the economy on this YouTube channel, but because it's such an impactful and important way. I mean, I always knew economic system was a scam. But now, after really diving deep into it, looking into it, researching and studying it every day with Tim, I'm like, holy cow, I can't imagine like, like the, the, the crap that's happening that we still don't know about. So there's still a lot to learn. That's all I have to say from here. Anything else you want to say? And do you want to end it here, Tim? Yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, real quickly, you know, we've got, uh, I guess, you know, on screen, we got Goldman Sachs is basically saying that, uh, you know, everyone's just going to discount quarter one and that because they're discounting or discounting this quarter that, you know, that stocks are going to be back up and don't don't worry. 
Uh, Donald Trump says the Fed may have, or Donald Trump and the Fed have ended the free market. And so, you know, I absolutely do agree with that. We've got JP Morgan profits drop as bank braces for severe recessions. And, uh, you know, they've, they've had just a huge amount of loans that are going sour over there. Uh, fact check Trump claim, maybe we'll do this on another video, but Trump claims it's, it's his call and when to reopen the economy. I think that that's probably a juicy subject that we can maybe get into, uh, later, uh, a little bit about what, what is the economy will look like once we get it reop reopened and whether or not Trump even has that call or not. Uh, and then, yeah, we did talk about the adult, adult toy industry. And, and, and while you're talking, I did flash on screen, the CIA.gov where it actually talks about their relationship with, uh, InQtel. So, you know, it does sound like something kind of fantastical when we make these, when I make these big claims about these different things, but, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I've got today. And I appreciate everybody who put their, uh, you know, team Tim comments in the, in the video yesterday. I know Luke isn't too happy about that, but, uh, anyways, you know, what, what are you uh, talking about? Like, <laughs> no, Tim, not what I'm going to, we're going to debate you son of a gun. Um, and not the end of it. Uh, again, we're all here for a discussion and to learn, and I'm not here for positive comments and uh, an ego boost. I'm here to share the important information that we all learn from. So uh, stay tuned for more. Uh, I want another debate. If you want to go go at it that way, you son of a gun, uh, here on Change the is what Donald Trump is asking for over U.S. states right now as it looks like we're headed towards a potential constitutional crisis. To talk about that plus a lot more, we, of course, have Tim Pichot, the Liberty Advisor, and we're going to be talking about opening the economy or not to open up the economy. But I would say right now the general popular overall consensus is that, yes, the elderly and immune compromised should be, and some people are even saying should have been from the beginning, quarantined, while everyone else should be cautious but still not under lockdown. Now, if you remember, even in yesterday's video, I was talking about Donald Trump's kind of off-handed approach towards this crisis, allowing the states to do whatever they wanted, with some states offering a very heavy-handed, very ludicrous, very insane response to this while, of course, other states were more pragmatic and proportional to the problem with their response to this crisis. But now Donald Trump is going back on all of that, and he's saying, quote, I'm the captain, <laughs> and any governor who will be making their own decisions whether to open or to not open the economy are, quote, mutineers, <laughs> and he is even threatening to withhold uh, the sickness aid to states that don't do what he wants, as of course he is claiming to total authority over governors. Now, other governors like New York Governor Andrew Cuomo are of course fighting back, saying that he will open the economy when he decides he wants to open the economy and that he most likely will defy Donald Trump. Other states like Florida are making announcements with their Surgeon General, even talking about how they will continue to social distance for over a year. And in my opinion, Tim, I think the states deciding what they want to do with their own states, with their own constituents on a more decentralized level is the best kind of approach here. And it's kind of surprising Donald Trump make a complete 180 degree flip on what he believed and said he was going to do to what he's doing now. But that overall seems like the presidency of Donald Trump in, in one kind of uh, 
phrase, a 180-degree flip when you least suspect it. What do you think uh, of that assessment? Yeah, so when he's talking about withholding aid, we're making all these pirate remarks. So I just want to, you know, make a little quick joke that you know withholding all the booty over here. But when you've got, you know, Donald Trump, uh, you know, when he was when he was running, I mean, there's so many things that, you know, I think that ultimately, you know, he's looking for people to like him. He's, he wants to be everything to everyone. And so, you know, look at the only times the media ever, you know, gave him any credit for anything. It's when he was bombing people like, oh, he's so presidential. And so everybody wants, you know, the big strong man, the big tough guy. You know, if we want our Superman or our Iron Man or our, you know, one, you know, knight riding in and his white horse to come save the day. And so Trump, I think, wants to be that guy. And, and for me, I'm 100% with you. So team uh, Luke and Tim are on the 100% same agreement right now that I, that it should be a decentralized approach. And actually, Luke and I both moved out of, I mean, I guess technically you're still, I guess, technically in New York, uh, uh, have, a, have a residence there. I moved out of New York State because, uh, you know, at the time, I can't remember who the governor was, but I remember them even saying, like, listen, if you believe in God, guns, and the Bible, uh, then, you know, we don't want your kind here. Basically, get out of the state. And so, you know, that's super liberal. And I remember that. I don't know exactly when that was, but, you know, that was maybe like eight or nine years ago, kind of paraphrasing. And so I was like, fine, got up and left. And so for me, you know, I'm voting with my wallet, voting with my feet. And so to be able to, to do that is very important. And I think it's sort of like the essence of, you know, being American is, you know, is having things getting done. Uh, you know, distributed down to the lowest common denominator. And when people say, oh, you're selfish or you don't care about minorities or blah, 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 blah. And and I like to actually phrase uh, my good friend Ernst Hancock, you know, I'm actually for the smallest minority in the world. I'm, I, and then people are like, what's that? I'm like, I'm for me. You know, there's no, there's nothing that's more individual, that's more, you know, a minority than the individual. And so letting, you know, and then going down to states' rights, I absolutely think that this is a states' rights issue. And, uh, you know, just like now we're seeing different and actually my county I'm in right now, uh, Maricopa County in Arizona, we've actually just declared this to be a, a, a Second Amendment sanctuary for the entire state. And so, you know, living in a place like this versus living in New York, uh, you know, I did live there for a long time. So, you know, over 25 years. So I think I can, you know, be able to you know, have permission to, you know, badmouth it every, every now and then. Uh, but, yeah, the states should absolutely have the final say on this. And, you know, Donald Trump wants to be the captain. Well, right now he's the captain of the Titanic arguing over BS uh, as we doesn't realize that we've already hit the iceberg. Tim, Tim, you, you weren't a New Yorker. You were a Canadian more than you were in New York. You were in an upstate New York. I challenge you on that. I just sent you a tweet, by the way, that kind of characterizes the average life in New York City. And it's someone responding saying, quote, everyone in New York City who is saying that they're not worried about the sickness because they're young and healthy has lived on nothing but cigarettes, cocaine, and bodega meat for nine years, shares a moldy shower with seven internet strangers, and is in an open relationship with anti-vax couples and two park rats. That's that's essentially true. That's uh, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, yeah. It's, I saw some one of the comments on there was yeah, and probably the healthiest thing on there is that open relationship with the anti-vax couple. Is one of the comments I saw on that. I do have that pulled up, so I was able to get that up there. Right but away. again, this points out an important highlight. Uh, other people. Uh, you know, being on a local level, deciding what they want to do for themselves, since obviously New York City is not like Idaho, is the smart thing to do. Because, again, and, and this is also where a lot of people have more power to change things. When you look at the bigger kind of overwhelming federal government sweeping in and saying, we're deciding what's best for you, even if it is, you know, the right thing to do, even if it is something, you know, that, that may be, you know, along the lines of something that may benefit you, it's still something that we should question because everything is different. And when we look at this, this bastardization of government, government always gets it wrong because they generalize too much. 
the perfect way not to generalize too much and not to just overcoat one thing with massive problems is to, of course, individualize situations. And the best way to do that is by promoting the Tenth Amendment, states' rights, letting states decide what they want to do for themselves. There were certain states, like Michigan, that went crazy, that outlawed and punished people. Some local jurisdictions in California punished people for being in nature. Meanwhile, they're saying it's safe to be in Walmart, you know, as they shut down mom and pop businesses. There are other states that didn't listen to any of these federal regulated mandates, didn't lock down, didn't shut down. And of course, uh, the federal government didn't step in. And, and I think that really should be the proper approach here. And I definitely uh, should cast more criticisms on Donald Trump here, because whether you agree or disagree, this is a recipe for a disaster, having a big centralized, centralized force deciding what's best for you. Yeah. Uh, no, 100%, 100% agree on that. I mean, the number one issue here is decentralization of just about everything. And so, you know, when people look at this false left-right paradigm, they think, you know, Republicans over here, Democrats over here, when really you got to take a look at, you know, and Luke can't even see what I'm doing right now, but you've got, you know, freedom on one side, you know, complete totalitarianism on the other side. I mean, Democrats and Republicans are like basically like right over here on the totalitarianism side that, you know, barely, you know, a bit of difference. Whereas, you know, we want, Luke and I want freedom way over here. And we're only stuck to argue with these BS issues over here. That means nothing to the average person. And, you know, and Luke has, you know, pointed out that this was not started off as a financial channel. But one of the reasons we talk about financial stuff so much is because people are like, oh, how, you know, there's millions of people out there who are on the streets and people that are dying. Well, a lot of that reason is because they don't understand how the financial system works. And it's our, you know, uh, money overlords who are the you know hiding this knowledge from the average person and then i get then criticized for that trying to you know spread this information but i don't want people in the streets uh you know homeless and uh you know and, and it just pains my heart to see this but that's why you know luke and i are working so hard to get this information out to you and you know it's all about you know having that individual sovereignty and and, and where is it that you know liberals it's in my body my choice except for you know if you want to get like a mandatory vaccination or something and I, and I see that you even had guys like Roger Stone came out the other day, and uh, this was actually, I saw this on Drudge, and said, uh, Bill Gates may have created coronavirus to microchip people. And uh, you know, it goes on to say, whether Bill Gates played some role in the creation and spread of this virus is open for rigorous debate. I have conservative friends who say it's ridiculous. Others say absolutely. He and other globalists are using it for mandatory vaccinations and microchipping people. So we all know if they've been tested over my dead body, mandatory vaccinations, no way, Jose. But what that really goes into is the same, just like we should have states' rights, you should have uh, sovereign rights on yourself too. And this is all going into, we've got to protect the greater good. So to protect the greater good, we've got to assimilate into whatever the Borg wants us to do. And uh, and to me, that, you know, stopping this mandatory vaccination, and it was never an issue that I, that I really ever covered, really ever. But now I see that ever since all this coronavirus, that it's just been, Push to the forefront. I have some people cl claim that the you know, COVID stands for what was it? Uh, Certificate of Vaccination Identification 2019. Now I don't know if, where that came from or not, but it's just an interesting little uh, you know little aside. But yeah, I see Luke wanting to uh, to jump in over there. Well, even just looking at the official with just people having low antibody counts, uh, officially looking at the you know the information that's coming out there. It, it, it highlights how vaccines won't be as effective here. We, when we look at China and China's official story, which should be cast in doubt, they somehow fully recovered from this without a, a, a vaccine. So why are we still, why is 
the Prime Minister of Canada saying that he won't open anything up until this vaccine is here. I mean, uh, that should raise a lot of questions and alarms. There's still so much uncertainty. There's still so much unknown. I'd rather still be cautious rather than reckless. But what's happening right now, and I kind of want to go back to this, it could likely spur a constitutional crisis because, again, we're seeing governors fighting the president. And and to me, you know, a lot of this is just pointless. It seems like people just want to say, I did this to, to get the, the brownie points, to get, you know, the, the kind of, uh, you know, a public, yeah. you know, applause by people. And, and, and to me, this is not the time for that. This is not the time for ego. This is not, not the time to be like, yes, I'm, I'm validated. No, this is the time to look at data, share the data, uh, and to talk about these important things um, as they develop. Now, uh, again, we have the California uh, governor meeting with uh, the governor of Oregon and Washington. They're creating their own little panel, and they're going to be discussing how they want to open up uh, their kind of territories. The New York governor also created his own kind of alliance with the governor of New Jersey, Connecticut, Rhode Island, yeah. Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Massachusetts. I was going to ask if that was the axis. Of, is that like the axis of evil? You know, all that. No, no. It's, it's, it's joined the, together the California. COVID cor- corridor. That's what they're calling it. The COVID corridor that they're talking about. And of course, these states are close together. And what New York does will very much affect New Jersey. What New Jersey does will very much affect, you know, places like uh, Pennsylvania. So, so again, it, it makes sense that these states are coming together and saying, okay, how, how are we going to be doing this? If you look at California and some of the local jurisdictions, they have been very heavy handed. They've been arresting people for being in nature by themselves, which is ridiculous, especially with how many people are storming Walmart. That's crazy. I don't know if you have that meme, but that meme just shows you absolutely what's wrong with government, with their approach towards this. What, and then we have New York, which, which again, we have Andrew Como allowing people to you know, be in parks, even telling people, hey, go to the park. So two different approaches. If we have someone come in from the federal government trying to centralize this approach, uh, again, I don't want that. I, I don't want that at all. And, and this is really something that should be scrutinized of Donald Trump. And it, and it does seem like there's a big ego battle, battle happening between Como and Trump and the media's, of course, lighting uh, fuel onto this fire. That's not something we need right now. We need rational, calm thinking. We need data. We need information. And we also need to look at the bigger wave storm coming in. And that, of course, is the economy, which we've been focusing on uh, on this uh, independent media organization. That's my take on it. Anything else you want to say about those specific topics? I mean, basically, people are, you know, want always want to take the opposite side of whatever Donald Trump is on. I mean, Trump gets come out and say he cured coronavirus tomorrow and then liberals would you know basically bastardize them over that and so everyone wants to take you know the opposite side never did i in a million years think i'd be taking the constitutional side with uh andrew cuomo versus donald trump i mean never i mean would i have risked you know everything that i risked and basically you know wasn't allowed to make videos at my prior company and then had to leave for that and, and you know the relationships that i've severed and the energy that i put in to help donald trump get in there I would have done none of that if I knew that we would have had four. I mean, it's estimated four trillion dollar deficit, estimated, uh, you know, spending more money than you know anyone. Uh, you know, anyone I could have even imagined spending money. 
And then uh, I don't know if you want to play that, that little clip we had of Melinda Gates saying that we had we're going to see, uh, you know, dead bodies in the streets of Africa unless we get that vaccine. But, uh, you know, basically the article, basically this video goes on to say, you know, if we don't get a vaccine immediately, uh, there's going to be dead bodies in the streets of Africa. And then saying that this disproportionately affects women because women have more jobs in the healthcare sector. And so as men, we, uh, you know, we're just evil all the way around. So if women didn't have the jobs, we'd be the bad guys for that. And then now that they do have jobs, we're the bad guys because it affects women more as nurses. So, you know, either way, uh, we're just two evil white guys here, I guess, giving you, giving you the news. And uh, on that one, I don't know if there's anything more you want to add to that. But uh, well, well, you know, the data internationally, because I've been looking at a lot of a, a lot of the international data, a lot of what other countries are reporting and what they're going through. And uh, again, a lot of the data shows that um, men are being more impacted by this, especially in European countries like Italy, uh, compared to, of course, women. There's a lot of, you know, conflicting data. There's still so many variables here. People expected India and Africa to be ravaged by this. They haven't. Some people point that uh, to the fact that this is happening because of a malaria drug that is commonly uh, kind of used uh, in India and Africa. Some people are pointing to the numbers just being totally overhyped. Uh, so we still don't know. The projections have been wrong. They haven't been as bad. Hospitals have not been overwhelmed. So, so that's 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 good news. That that's that's great. That, that the worst has happened. But now we should really deal with the bigger storm again. The economy, as I've been saying, you, you watch my videos all the way from the beginning of this. I'm like, hey, the economy, the economy, the economy. Uh, that that really is something that we should focus on. Uh, this is why I've been telling people, hey, don't put your faith in government. They're arguing. They're having ego battles. The media is eating this up. They're fueling the fire. They want more of this nonsense, bullcrap, distraction, fighting, name calling instead of like, hey, let's actually find the solutions here. Let's actually deal with this problem and not get emotionally riled up with this lunacy. Start growing your own garden, start being prepared, and start taking care of yourself as an individual and practicing radical self-reliance. It's not that hard. It's that simple. But for a lot of other individuals who are tied and stuck into the system, it is hard. So um, if you know some of some of those individuals, share this video with them so they can gain a perspective, but they most likely can't get anywhere else, especially not on the YouTube mainstream media. Tim, thank you so much for joining me. Stay tuned for more here on Change the News.